Welcome to episode 120 of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. In this episode, I talk with Robin H. Smith, CEO and co-founder of VL Omni about how a managed integration service can help Shopify brands. This is a particularly interesting episode. I learned a lot and you will do so as well. So stay tuned and let's get started. This is the e-commerce coffee break, the podcast dedicated to Shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue. Each week, you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on Shopify. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get e-commerce insights you can't Google. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Now you're a Shopify merchant, your company is growing, you add more sales channel, you get orders from left, right and center, you're quite happy and one of a sudden you find yourself in a situation juggling with a ton of data. Now the question is, what do you do with all this data and more importantly, are you sure the data is going from A to B and the way you want to have that done? So therefore, I want to talk today a little bit more about data and the integration between different application software solutions that you use in your business. And therefore, my guest today is Robin H. Smith. He's the CEO and co-founder of VL Omni. He has over 20 years of experience in supply chain management and data integration. He has a BA of the University of Toronto and an MA in international relations from Webster University of Vienna in Austria. So let's say hello to Robin. Hi, Robin. How are you today? How are you, Klaus? Very good to be here and excited to chat with you. Thanks for being on the show. Now let's get into it. And first question from my side, what problems are you solving for Shopify versions? So the problem we solve is one that entry-level merchants typically don't see. It's more those that are scaling and those that are potentially using advanced or plus. And that is that their order volume or their transaction volume starts to get to the point where they either outlive their manual processes or they outgrow their plug-and-play solutions. So approximately 50% of sites will use a tech stack that is plug and play. So they'll use an order management system plugged into Shopify. They potentially could use a 3PL that plugs into Shopify, or they'll use something like ShipStation or so on. The other half is then those that have infrastructure that are larger companies, distributors, manufacturers that have a larger tech stack, but are dipping their toe into the Shopify world and the e-commerce world, whether it's B2B or B2C. And those people are now starting to scale. So they reach a point where there's a tipping point. You just can't keep up with the manual order entry and the transaction flow because of the need for velocity. And then on the flip side, then you've got those that already have an integrated stack that are outgrowing that stack. So where we come in is we allow for the former to design and develop an integration strategy that allows them to scale. And for the ones that already have a tech stack, it's to start to look at, okay, how do I scale up the entire tech stack? Do I need to make the move to an ERP? At what point does it make economic sense? Where's the ROI around that? You will have sites that will never outgrow that tech stack just because of the nature of the business. I think of a global cosmetics brand who I'm not going to name that are quite fine using an order management system. Their 3PL pulls their orders and they're using QuickBooks. And they're doing millions in GMV, but their tech stack is sufficient for what they're doing. You have others that are doing the same kind of GMV that are struggling. So there's two metrics that you have to think about when it comes to integration. And this is well-researched. Cranfield University in the UK did a lot of work for Tesco back in the mid-2000s around 
the ROI. Actually, two metrics that people need to think about. One is the number of orders. The tipping point for manual setups is about 20 to 25 orders a day. 20 to 25 orders a day, people start making mistakes. They transcribe numbers. They just make mistakes with addresses and so on and so forth. And I'm sure, Klaus, you can start to imagine the downstream impact of all of that kind of stuff. And then the other metric, which a lot of Shopify merchants and e-commerce merchants don't even pay attention to because they're so fixated on, I'm getting orders, I'm getting orders, is the basket size. In most verticals, any basket size that is under $100 US, where there is a manual process, that company is losing money because of the cost of the infrastructure, the insurance, pay, the cost of goods, and so on and so forth. Again, numbers that are well-researched, they vary from vertical to vertical, but the average is about $100. That comes as an eye-opener to a lot of CFOs, a lot of financial people, when they look at that and they say, wow, well, my basket size is $50 and I'm not integrating. Those are the two metrics that I always throw out that people seem surprised by. I think it's a very good example that you gave there. And it should be an eye opener, even for smaller merchants, that integration is not something for big companies. Because if you're saying it's like 25 orders and upwards, you're already in a range where you are bound to make mistakes. And as you said, that has a huge impact that goes through the organization, customer support, one of a sudden will have a higher workload and so on and so forth. So when do merchants should think about the integration into their business or to add integration into their business? That's an interesting question. I think they should be thinking about it all times. And I think that one needs to have a strategy. You think of most direct-to-consumer brands, what they're going to do on social. Are they engaged with influencers? Are they going to sell through channels like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and so on and so forth? So everybody fixates on that kind of stuff, and which is fine because that's the front-facing part of your business. But if you think of the relationship between a merchant and its customer. It's a trust relationship. When I go online and I go to your website and maybe you're selling shoes made in South Africa, and I've got a trust relationship here between you and me, I want to make sure that what you're doing, that what you're selling me is actually accurate. It's that I'm going to get my order processed in a timely manner and that you're actually going to deliver. So the slightest blips in that process, whether it, you don't tell your customer at a specific time, yeah, I got your order, it's in process, it's then here's the tracking information, or the tracking information is incorrect. Shopify has that algorithm that will try to determine who the carrier is, and oftentimes it's incorrect. It's things like that engender a trust. And if that trust is not there, then you may get the customer, but you're not going to get the repeat customer. And again, an old statistic, you have five chances to get a customer to come back. If in your five chances, you've given them incorrect tracking information, or you're not responding in a timely manner, or you don't have a returns process that's thought out, you're going to lose that customer and the cost of acquisition is high. So if I step back, everybody thinks about the front end, but they don't think about the delivery and the operational impact on the back end. And as an organization scales, you need to be constantly thinking about what you're doing is going to be impacting the relationship that you've got with your customer. We had a situation yesterday, actually, with a customer, big merchant there, we've got presence in the EU as well as APAC, and they decided to install an app that upsells. And the integration is built on a paid order webhook. So 
everything is cool on Shopify, the order comes through two minutes later. So the order's already been processed now into their ERP. Two minutes later, this order, this upsell tool comes along and adds a line item to the order, charges their credit card, but there's no process in there to notify anybody that this has actually happened. So you've got an order that's already come through that's in the queue to be fulfilled. And now you've got an app that's upselling and adding stuff and modifying, but there's no notification. That's a perfect example of lack of strategy where the merchant just simply thought, oh, it's a good idea to upsell, to install this upsell app without thinking about the downstream implications. That makes total sense. And I think a good example from your side there is the chance that to get a returning customer if something goes wrong in the first place is very low. And obviously customers nowadays, they expect you to have a smooth process. Specifically in the US, there's your biggest competitors, Amazon Prime delivering overnight. So any kind of delay or hiccup will hurt your business. And a lot of merchants, specifically startups, they do not make the money on the first sale. So for them, it's important to have the second sale to get in a range where they make some profit. Now, when we're talking with VL Omni about how it is implemented, now give me an example. Most merchants are used to some kind of dashboard as a controlling tool. How does that work with your solution? We start from a different premise and we lead with strategy. The question that I ask and my salespeople ask is, what is the strategic plan of the company. Like, where do you want to go? Are you selling single channel? Or are you selling multi-channel? Nowadays, we see a lot of people tying Amazon in through their Shopify store using Shopify's app, or they'll get a Facebook feed, or they'll do POS. All of these channels need to be thought through when it comes to the integration. So we start with strategy first, which is, okay, what do you want to do? What's your tech stack? Is your tech stack set up in such a way that you can handle all of these channels? And B, is it going to allow you to scale in the medium term? Because if it's not going to allow you to scale, then you really have other issues that are far bigger than just the integration. Maybe you're making a transition to a proper order management system, or maybe you're even transitioning to an ERP. And that's going to have an impact on the integration. And you often hear, oh, well, the, it's the ERPs are so expensive and so complicated and blah, blah, blah. That's true. And it's not true. But again, where we hear that it's so expensive and so complicated, it's usually from people who haven't thought through. They have no strategic plan of what they want to do. If you are going to do integration, what we do first is we assess your strategy, your tech stack. And then we look within that tech stack, what are the touch points that we have access to? Because a merchant may want to do A, B, and C, but the interfaces on the tech stack may only allow me to do X, Y, and Z. And that's a huge issue because we often hear, well, it's Shopify, it can do anything. Part of it is to manage expectation and to set, is to set the expectation, but also to allow a merchant to evaluate the ROI. Does the volume of business and does the tech stack and where you want to go justify the cost of integration? Once you get beyond plug and play, which is designed for putting people into the lowest common denominator box, is expensive. It's very time consuming. So that's where we start. And we will leave people with ideas and strategy around where they need to go. If somebody fits the model, then what we'll do is we'll do a discovery on what they want to do. We'll design the integration. It's not custom coded. We use our iPass where we have standard connectors that cover about 80% of the 
integration. And then the rest is really tailoring it to their actual business practices. Our philosophy is not to force people to change their business practices, but to allow the integration to mold to their business practices, which gives them a lot more flexibility to change things. And that's our process. Once people are onboarded, we offer a managed service. So we manage the integrations and then our dashboard allows them to see the data movements in almost real time, depending obviously on the endpoints. If you're doing an SFTP file transfer, well, you're not going to get real time. It's going to be batch driven. Although if you're doing webhooks or you have API or you have webhooks out of your ERP, then yes, you're going to get a lot more real time visibility. So all of these things come into play in terms of what basically needs to be done. But we offer that service as a managed service so that the merchant doesn't have to worry about it. And we charge a SaaS fee for it. Okay. I like the approach that you're coming in, obviously, with the know-how and experience from working with other merchants and then coming with a strategic consultation on looking at the situation, what's happening there, and then taking it from there with the puzzle pieces that you basically see in front of you. Now, from your experience and more from a startup perspective, growing into a bigger organization, what are the biggest roadblocks or the biggest mistakes? that you see? Lack of education, lack of understanding what they want to do and why they need integration. Shopify, when they launched their ERP integration program two years ago, took away the conversation around why integration is important, which was excellent because people like us didn't have to justify what we were doing and what we've been doing for a very, very long time. The challenge now is to get people to understand what exactly they're getting, to really get in and understand, okay, if you want to move orders from Shopify into your ERP, what are all the things that you need to think about, your tax authorities, your ship methods, your payment methods, all of these kind of things come into play because when you're integrating to an ERP, now you're making decisioning on how that order is going to show up. How do you handle fraud, for example? Are you just going to let everything go through or are you going to block things based on Shopify's fraud algorithm or if you're using Signified, for example? So all of these kind of things come into play. And what we often find with many merchants is once we get into it, they're overwhelmed almost by the decisioning that has to be made. On the flip side of that, we have a lot of merchants that come to us that are very dissatisfied with the integration that either an agency has built or their ERP vendor has built because for all the same reasons I just noted, tax isn't hitting properly. Uh, tax is coming in and the number is off. Well, probably because you've got rounding issues, you know, so how do you deal with that? My ship methods are not going to the right GL accounts. It's all this detail that makes your business efficient. You have to do a dirty deep dive into it. And it's that dirty deep dive and as my business partner says, the devil's in the details. That's where all the trouble is. So it's these kind of things. Our process is really to educate the customer. As we're doing the discovery, we're educating them on why we are asking the kinds of questions that we ask. I can imagine that someone coming or probably every client is different because there is about 7,000 different apps in the store and everyone has a different configuration and setup of their business. So to clean up that mess might take a while. Brings me to the question, what's the usual timeline from somebody approaching you and saying, listen, I have a problem here before getting to a point where you say, okay, now we have a flow that works. It depends on the size of the merchant, depends on the complexity of what they want to do. I mean, we've had sites that go in in a month. We've had sites that take a year. We just rolled up a very large retailer here in Canada with 179 stores using Shopify. And that was a year's project. There were so many moving parts. There were real-time interaction with their SAP environment for things like inventory updates. All of this stuff needs to be thought through, planned, developed, tested, 
UAT testing then going into. I think the bigger the merchant, the more moving parts there are both from a silo perspective, the bigger organizations you get into, marketing does this, they look after the Shopify store, IT does this, then you have operations. The thing about e-commerce is it touches every single department within an organization and they need to be all on the same playing field. So my example earlier of installing an upsell app, which was probably done by their marketing department, and they never told anybody. So now all of a sudden the operations people are saying, well, our orders are wrong. There's something wrong with the integration. It's not working properly. (laughs) You dig into it and okay, well, here's the process. This is what happened. (laughs) It varies. And then the other element that I'd say is the level of engagement. If you've got the right people, like any project that's IT related or marketing or site build, if you don't have the right people, it's going to take much, much longer. What kind of homework does a merchant need to do before they approach you? That's a good question. I don't think people do enough homework. A lot of people actually rely on the sales pitches. They get taken in by a slick, cool sales pitch. I think the homework is know what you want to do first and make sure that you've thought through to step back and to think through what your customer journey is. Like something that astounds me constantly is the number of merchants that actually go on their own stores and buy things. And the marketing guys and the design guys, they dream up these sites that look beautiful. But think about the process. And there are very, very few merchants that actually will do that. Now, there are agencies that build that into their process. I don't know of very many merchants that will actually have their people sit down and go through the customer journey on their website. And if you don't know what your customer journey is, then discussing integration is, well, I want Shopify to talk to this. What do you want to move? What do you want to do? Is it orders, fulfillments, inventory, price, promotion, products, cancellations? The list goes on and on and on and on. And then within each one of those, how do you dissect the workflow? That's the homework that I would say people really need to do is to step back, look at what they're doing from the customer journey perspective, and how does that intersect with the integration? No, very true. I'm coming from the conversion rate optimization point of view, and I see that quite often that people assume that their visitor, that their client know what to do on the website in the front end. And that's not necessarily the case. So obviously diving into this and getting a feeling what's really happening with screen recordings and so on and so forth. And then maybe also looking at the back end, what's happening there might help a lot. Now, what kind of connectors do you support when it comes to technology stack on the back end? We do a whole variety of ERPs. We do Microsoft D365 Business Central, Finance and Operations. We do SAP ECC. We have defined our own file layouts specifically for e-commerce for legacy and environments. A lot of legacy environments have file layouts that are designed for B2B because that's where they come from. Those don't necessarily work in the world of e-com. We have also developed our own EDIs, transactions, specifically for e-commerce. So we actually have a lot of sites where we've integrated Shopify to their EDI systems (coughs) because that's the only way to interface with their backend apps. And then we've integrated to WMS programs, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, things like PeopleVox for WMS. The current list is on our site. It changes. But I would say ERP, front end to ERP is the most important. We also integrate Amazon Seller Central and Vendor Central. Those seem to be the two biggest channels. Most people selling on Amazon are probably not going to be selling on Walmart because of Walmart's exclusions. eBay seems to be focused more and more on automotive when it comes to e-com, and that's a whole specialized niche. 
and most of the really specialized e-com applications for automotive will have already have those connectors built. So you think about car type, model, year, VIN, and then all the associated parts. I mean, that's very specialized, that kind of stuff. I can imagine. So obviously the merchant who just reached 25 orders a day is not necessarily the right client for you at this point. Who's your perfect customer, your perfect client? Our perfect customer is one that is scaling. We don't measure, we don't really worry about GMV because they could have a very low GMV, but with very complex needs on the back end. We look for complexity. We look for applications in the tech stack that we can integrate to, but we also look at merchants that are transitioning. They're struggling with what they've got currently, and they're looking to either make a move into a larger tech stack, a more sophisticated tech stack, or they are struggling with existing integrations. Uh, we do a lot of replacement stuff. So either it's been built by the agency, it was a snapshot in time. It no longer suits the business practices or can't handle the volume. It doesn't have the redundancy. I mean, the reality is that webhooks fail. So you need a recon process to go back and check to make sure that you've got all of those fulfillments. Fulfillments fail on a regular basis with silent errors. You don't even know that they've failed. So again, you need to have the processes to go back and validate that you've actually processed. Typically, we see merchants having those kind of problems and then very high volume. I mean, we have some merchants that do 10, 20,000 orders a month. So very, very large volume. And they may be very low value orders, which if you think of what we talked about at the beginning, where the ROI, if you're getting a very, very high nut volume, a high number of orders, but very low value integration is absolutely essential. So. Yes, there's edge cases. And then the other market that we serve are established mid-market companies that are in B2B that are looking to get into e-commerce. We do a lot of B2B stuff as well. There's a lot of mythology out there that Shopify can't handle B2B. Shopify has new B2B APIs on Plus. There's an excellent plugin out of the UK for doing B2B called Sparklayer. And we have a fair number of B2B sites. And it comes back to that consultative approach is, okay, what do you want to do on the front end? And how do you structure Shopify, given it some of its inherent inadequacies, which is not unique to Shopify because every platform's got its drawbacks of looking at, okay, how do you align those systems so that you can achieve what you want to achieve? No, I see that VL Omni obviously is more than just a technology integrator. The coach and the consulting part of it is huge there. And I think a lot of people don't know what they don't know. So therefore, I think it's good to have a partner there who has, comes with a fresh set of eyes, looks at the business and say, okay, that's where the problems are. Robin, thanks so much for your time. Where can people find out more about VL Omni? Well, thank you very much, Klaus, for having me. Our website, vlomni.com. We have scads of resources, thought leadership, YouTube channel, the Alumni. There's lots of video presentations, presentations that we've done at conferences talking about strategy. Simply reach out to us. We answer questions. People chat with us. I'm happy to answer an email. It takes a few minutes. So those are our two properties. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So there's lots of channels. Cool. I will put all the links in the show notes. Then you're just one click away and people can reach you there directly. Thanks so much, Robin. I think that was very insightful what you can do and what you should do as a merchant with integration and talk soon. Perfect. All the best. Thank you very much. Hey, Klaus here. Before you go, I would like to invite you to become part of the e-commerce merchant pro community to get actionable advice from other Shopify merchants who already have achieved what you are aiming for. 
Our community is a safe place to actively grow your online retail business with the support of the most amazing and helpful group of e-commerce entrepreneurs behind you. Running a Shopify business is tough. Don't do it alone. Join us now. It's free. You will find the link in the show notes. Also, if you think your online store has conversion or marketing issues and you would like to have a fresh set of eyes on your business, then drop me an email at klaus at klauslauter.com and let me know a little bit about your business. It might be beneficial for you to have me look over your store, offers, emails, and ads, and get an unbiased outside perspective and guidance to help you make most of your online business. And finally, if you enjoy the show, please rate and review in the app that you're listening so that I can get bigger and more impactful guests on the podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in today. I appreciate you. Until next time, and I talk to you soon.